I'll oh. tell you what I am, okay? I'll tell you what I think I am. I think I'm what everybody can be, okay? I mean, anybody can get here. It's, I'm the, I'm the possibility, all right? I mean, I think you've got this desperate grasp on the technology and this grasp on science, and uh, you don't have a, a hand left to, to grasp what's important. What I'm talking about is the human spirit. That's the challenge. That's the voyage. That's the expedition. This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Yes, the human spirit. That's the challenge. That's the voyage. That's the expedition. That's what people have forgotten in this country is the human spirit of America is what made us great. That's what is catching on with Donald Trump this this week, this year, this this uh, election season, is he's, he's bringing a spirit that nobody else seems to be able to touch everybody with. And Trump is touching uh, touching them with it. And you know what? They don't care about the details. I mean, those of us that are paying attention, we're going, oh, well, he's not very presidential. And then we're going, eh, yeah, but he doesn't have any experience at this. I listened to my to my Democrat sister who just said, he doesn't have any experience in, in uh, government. And I said, isn't that a positive? So yeah, but he doesn't do this. And I said, look at the guy you voted for the last two times. He didn't have any. He didn't even have any experience in running a lemonade stand, and you put him in charge of the whole country. Because and when I asked her, I said, she goes, well, he doesn't want women. To, your guy doesn't want women to have rights. Wait a minute, that wasn't about women not having rights. That argument that we were going through four years ago was about uh, whether it was okay for uh, Obamacare to force a Catholic hospital to provide. Uh, insurance that provided contraception when the Catholics don't believe in contraception. That was a religious liberty thing. And well, he doesn't want women to have rights. You're going to vote the president of the United States. You know, we want someone, we want someone with the human spirit that makes us feel good about ourselves. That makes us feel good about America. That makes, you know, if you, if you, I mean, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about what's going on in politics, in politics this week. And we're seeing everything come together. We're seeing everything come together. And I'm going to try and give you some clarity because some of you, most of you people, most of you people don't pay attention like I do. Or you know, you're not a news junkie like I am. And you don't sit back and go, well, O'Reilly said this. And do I believe it? No, it's just what O'Reilly said. Okay, here's what Hannity said. Here's what this person said. Here's what the guy on CNN said. I watch this stuff and I and I think about it, and I go, well, how do I feel about that based on my own life experiences? Does this make sense or not? So you know what? Everybody's got their opinion, and everybody's entitled to mine. So I'm going to give it to you today. But first, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located in the city of Moreno Valley. Also offices in Temecula, Corona, Downey, Orange, Westlake Village, and Covina. Did I get them all? I think so. Anyway, we'll open up. We'll open up some more, and I'll add it all, all to it. If you, if you need financing, if you're interested in uh, any of the fantastic opportunities that are out there that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And one last time, area code 855-640-2020. Uh, and when I say 
if you're interested in the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, what are fantastic opportunities? Well, number one, it's a fantastic opportunity that interest rates are at the lowest of lows right now. They're lower than they've, than they've probably, I don't know if they, if they've ever hit lower than this a year or two ago, but we're in the, we are, the rates are low. I'm not going to, if I, if I start quoting rates, I have to start doing APRs and I'm not prepared for that. So I would just say, Hey, rates are great. If you're in the, if you're a, if you have a house, you need refinanced. If you have a house that's FHA, you got a great rate. You got a great rate, but you're paying big mortgage insurance and you bought it more than a year or two ago. You probably have enough equity to refinance and go conventional and get out of that, get out of that loan, out of that loan and get out of the mortgage insurance. So that could be a, a big chunk. Even if your rate goes up, if you got three and a quarter plus 1.335 uh, uh, mortgage insurance and you go to 3.75, you're ahead. If, if you don't understand that, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. If you're a senior, you need a re reverse mortgage or I don't understand what that reverse mortgage thing is. What's that about? Is that a scam or what? Call me, 855-640-2020. If you, uh, you want to buy an investment house, well, you know what? I heard the stock market. I, you know, should I put my money in gold or silver? Well, the stock market doesn't seem very stable these days. Hey, uh, I got a whole bunch of investment properties I can dial you in, or maybe I should buy it a vacation home now. Hey, there's great opportunities out there. If you need financing or if you need just some advice and some guidance, and then you're just going to say, hey, I like this guy, Ed. He uh, he has some knowledge and he just shares it with me. Hey, 855-640-2020. I'll guide you in. If you want to get some information, but you don't want to talk to me on the phone because you're at work or you just don't want me to hear your voice because you might be embarrassed if I say something that... uh that uh, I don't I don't really know what I'm talking about, so I don't want to be embarrassed if I ask a dumb question. There's no dumb question; it's just the ones that you don't ask. But if you wanna if you wanna do it the more uh the more uh anonymous way, go to edhoffman.edhoffman.net, click on apply now, and fill in as much information as you want me to have, and uh, let me know what kind of information you want back, and you'll hear back from either myself or one of my teammates, Matt Bradbury, uh, Randy Sampius, uh, Alex Rojas. Justin Clark, Eric Marquez, and uh, you'll hear hear from one of my teammates. And in the next two weeks, uh, Don and I are going to be gone uh, on a uh, on a uh, trip to New York, and then we're taking a cruise to the Caribbean, hit Bermuda, and then we're screwing off a couple of days in uh, New York, and then we have the Mortgage Bankers Conference. So uh, sitting in for me the next two weeks will be uh, my buddy Scott McAfee of Don's Bike. So he'll be in here hosting, doing it solo. And uh, hopefully he doesn't do anything anti-Trump and pro-Cruz because he's going to get embarrassed if he does. Um, but uh, he'll he'll do a great job. He did he he soloed for me over uh, New Year's week last uh, uh, last uh, last New Year's. And uh, man, it's good to be able to take a vacation every now and then and not have to worry about what am I going to play when I'm gone. So uh, you can actually get. Uh, current stuff. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter at Ed Hoffman, where I tweet about events all week, all week long, um, sometimes more than others. Um, or you can like the show, the show on Facebook. Just go to the Facebook search, the main event 590, and uh, to find the show page. And you can also read my weekly column of opi of opinions uh, on by going to IE Business Daily. Click the opinion tab, see my full list. Um, or uh, find the link on the Facebook page. This week's the column is uh, how the candidates are shifting their tones this week, and which is uh, something we'll be talking about in just a moment. So let's talk about some uh, some politics here. Um, Donald Trump swept the primaries on Tuesday. The next day, he gave his first foreign policy speech in Washington D.C. Um, you know, and I and before he did, I go, it's it's Trump's opportunity to screw up. He's got great momentum. He's got opportunity to say something dumb, you know, if he hasn't thought this out. 
and I thought he hit it out of the park. Let me play. Uh, let me play a couple little pieces of it. Policy will always put the interests of the American people and American security above all else. Has to be first. Has to be. That will be the foundation of every single decision that I will make. You know what? What does he mean by that? You've heard him talk. You've heard him talk on the debates about, hey, you know what? I just said, hey, if we go over there, take the oil, take the oil. And people go, oh, yeah, you guys, when we went in there to to uh, to uh, uh, liberate, liberate Iraq or liberate Kuwait or liberate, you know, whoever, Afghanistan, we're going to drive the guys out. Now you want to now you want to take them over. And that's the one thing that we always say. We don't we don't con- we're not conquering. We're not taking their their. Uh, their country. We're not invading. We're going over there to fight off the bad guys and come home. Um, the problem is, and what, what Trump is saying is, hey, take the oil. It costs a lot of money. Those guys can't defend themselves. Those guys can't defend. So, so he said in the speech later, he said, he said uh, hey, you know what? If those guys can't defend themselves, you know, either they've got to pay us for it. And, and otherwise, if they're not going to pay us for it, they got to defend themselves. Okay. Well, well, what kind of foreign policy is that? Now you're backing off. First, you say, first he said, "Hey, the the uh, the American military needs to be the biggest and toughest. There should be no question of our military superiority uh, uh, over everybody in the country." And then then he said, "Well, hey, if if you're not gonna uh, if you're not gonna pay for it, you're gonna have to defend yourself." And I heard uh, some Democrat on uh, on TV say, "Well, he's contradicting himself." No, he's not. Let's say, let's go back to the way things work in the world. Let me give you an idea. There used to be, uh, there used to be some, well, you know what? I opened up with that clip from the movie Phenomenon. Let me play one more, one other scene from the movie Phenomenon. George, can I have my Bronco back? I don't have any cash right now, but I need my car. Well, I need some solar panels installed on my roof. I don't know anything about solar. Well, Charlie Shepard does, and uh, he needs a well dug on his property. You help him dig the well, he'll help me with the panels, and I'll fix your car. Deal? Yeah, deal. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? I'll talk a little bit more, and I'll play that clip one more time. Okay, think about it. Uh, In the Pilgrim days, somebody has corn growing on their farm, and uh, you know, after after they split up the, the the land and stop trying communism, they divide them up and say, "Hey, the Johnsons get over here, and the Munros get over here, and the and the Andersons get over here, and you do with your land what you do with it, and if you don't do anything with it, you starve." Okay, and all of a sudden they started being productive because it was basically capitalism, but except for the Andersons had corn, and the uh, the Munros had wheat. And the uh, and uh, uh, the 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 Jacksons had had cows and say, you know what? Uh, I have a lot of corn more than I can eat. And they go, well, we have a lot of milk more than we could drink. And the other say, hey, we we have more bread than we can than we can eat because we got wheat. You know, hey, let's get together and, and put a, you know, hey, I'll share the milk with everybody. I'll share the wheat with everybody. And as long as you did your share to to to. Uh, to produce something, you're sharing. Okay, well, that's just everybody sharing. That's like communism, isn't it? No. It's kind of like I do loans. I don't know how to I don't know how to how to fix cars. So what I do with my time is I I do loans and help people with their financing and I make money doing that. You one of you guys out there fixes cars. I don't know how to fix cars. 
And if I do, it's going to probably fall apart while I'm on the freeway. So uh, you spend your time fixing cars and I'll spend my time making money and making money doing loans, helping people get houses. And then when my car needs to get fixed, I'll just take some of my money and give it to you and you fix my car. And then you can take some of your money and say, hey, I don't need to fix my car. My car is fixed. And that's what I do. So I'll take some of the money I made fixing cars and I'll go to the grocery store and buy some food. And that's how the world works, folks. There used to be a story called Stone Soup. So most of, you, most of us got read it in, I don't know, second or third grade. And, of course, I talked to uh, someone uh, this week who'd never heard of it. So in Stone Soup, these soldiers are, are walking through, the, through a village, and uh, they're hungry. And all the people, all the villagers saw them and said, oh, here come some soldiers. They're walking through, and they're probably going to beg for food. So instead of begging for food, they get a they get a big pot and they fill it with water and they put a big old rock in it and say, we're going to make some stone soup. Oh, it's going to be delicious. And everyone's looking at him like, these guys are crazy. You know what we need? You know what would be great for this stone soup? If we only had just a, you know, a, some carrots to put in it. And some lady digs under her thing. She goes, hey, I have carrots. And she comes out and they cut up the carrots. Oh, this is going to be delicious. And then they say, now if we only had... So, you know, oh, you know what would make this even better? If we had some barley and someone said, I have some barley and they've come out, you know, it would be really good if somebody had, if we had some, if we could just put some onions in it. Okay. Put some onions in it. And then if we only had maybe some, some, uh, you know, if, if we had some ham to put in it and they cut it up next thing, you know, this neighbor brought this piece, this neighbor brought that piece. And these soldiers had a big pot, big pot full of water with a rock on the bottom, which the rock didn't mean anything, but they tricked people into sharing. And then the whole village ate soup. So that's how the world works, folks. And what he's saying is, hey, we, you guys have, you guys have a problem with security. You guys can't defend yourselves, but you have oil. We have, we have war machines and we can come defend you, but we have cars that need oil. So you guys pump your oil and we'll take X amount of billions of, of uh, barrels of oil in exchange for what it costs us to do that. Hey, is there anything wrong with that? It's called bartering. Nothing wrong with it. Listen, listen to that phenomenon clip again. George, can I have my Bronco back? I don't have any cash right now, but I need my car. Well, I need some solar panels installed on my roof. I don't know anything about solar. Well, Charlie Shepard does, and uh, he needs a well dug on his property. You help him dig the well, he'll help me with the panels, and I'll fix your car. Deal? Yeah, deal. See, it takes a business person to understand the basic concepts of business. And it takes someone with common sense to understand that. Yeah, but Trump doesn't have any political experience. That should be a plus. That should be a plus because there doesn't need to be politics in, in basic bartering, in the basics of capitalism and, uh, and the basics of a, of, a, of a free market economy. Okay, so, so next, uh, the next, let me play one more, one, one more piece of the clip uh, that I thought Trump closed. Uh, I, th I thought he, he put, a, put a good presidential spin on foreign policy, probably the best speech I've ever heard him make. If President Obama's goal had been to weaken America, he could not have done a better job. The legacy of the Obama-Clinton interventions will be weakness, confusion, and disarray. Could he have hit it on the, he uh, on the head any better than that? Okay, you guys would say, I'm not voting for Trump. I can't believe Trump got the, got the nomination. Well, he didn't get it yet. But he's gonna, and let me explain. So Trump has 992 delegates now. He's still short of the 1,237 by 245 delegates, and I think we have 
about uh, nine states left. Okay, so he he needs the 1237 to win before July. Um, We've got uh, California. Trump is going to win in California. There's 172. He needs 245. Uh, If you add up uh, California, he's going to get most of them of 172. Indiana, which is Tuesday, that's 57. Uh, New Jersey is 51. That's a winner take all. He's going to get all those. And New Mexico, 24. Um, And then Oregon. Where did I leave Oregon? Oregon's another something. We didn't even talk about Oregon. Um, but if you had to add up the uh, California, Indiana, uh, Nevada, and New Mexico, um, 304. He needs 245. And I don't know. Can he do it? So are we tired of hearing Cruz? Are we tired of hearing Cruz say, Donald Trump can't make it to 1237, and I can't make it to 1237? Well, you know what? If you want to be president, I would think you would have been able to to pass at least second grade math, which was addition. Hey, you don't have to be a, a calculus or you know uh, a calculus uh, expert, or even an algebra expert, uh, or geometry. But could you master addition before you uh, before you try ask us to make you president? So I have a concern. I have a concern about that. And uh, you know when we get to the convention, if they try to take it away from Trump. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, along with me and a whole bunch of other people, think it's going to be chaos. I continue to believe that Mr. Trump will be very close to winning the nomination outright. And if he arrives in Cleveland and is denied, all hell will break loose. I agree. All hell will break loose because all of us that all of us that voted. And of course, we haven't voted yet. We don't vote till June 7th. Um but by that time, it's going to be pretty obvious where we're going to be. It's probably, probably going to be pretty obvious on Tuesday night, but uh, after Indiana. But then uh, uh, Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz keeps pressing on, getting in front of the cameras. Uh, he only has 562 delegates, decided to pull a stunt this week to get more support. He announced that Carly Fiorina, who you guys all know, I love Carly Fiorina. I think she's brilliant. I think she's awesome. Um, I think he did an injustice to Carly Fiorina. For those of you who don't know, it's very unconventional for a candidate to pick a running mate before winning the nomination. So I'm going, hey, you know what? The guy's got, he's 450 points behind, and there's no mathematical way for him to get the nomination, and he's picking a running mate? This just seems weird to me. And quite frankly, he puts Carly Fiorina in that situation, and I thought it made her look stupid. Listen to, how, listen to a couple pieces of her speech. Today, I'm very proud and very humbled and honored to announce that I have accepted Senator Ted Cruz's offer to be his vice president for the Republican nomination. Did she sound awkward? You know, if you've heard Carly Fiorina, she's always confident. She's quick. She thinks on her feet. She's uh, She doesn't sound too canned most of the time like Marco Rubio does. But, uh, you know, when he was in the debates... Uh, she thinks on her feet and she understands how things work. So she explains things really well. Well, I'm very honored to accept Cruz's offer for, uh, what is this really? I don't know. He doesn't have the nomination. He's not going to get the nomination. I just am so mad at Trump. I'll help him. I'll help him try to do something. Look desperate to me. Um, let me play, play the second part of that. You know, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, they are two sides of the same coin. They're both liberal. We know that. 
Well, I don't think we know that. I don't think uh, I don't think we know know that anybody's liberal just because Trump was was uh, running a business and did things did things to accomplish his goals in business, and you know he's a liberal. You know, hey, you know what? If you're not running for president, if you're not running for president, you're trying to make your business go. You don't you don't care who you're who you're supporting. Hey, if if the if my congressperson and my city councilman and anybody I might need might need some uh, some favor from is a Democrat or a Republican, or whatever. Hey, kick them some money, kick them some money. So when they when you need a when you need something uh, to have some attention onto it, you can make a call and they'll take your call. Okay, that's how the world works. Let's not deny it and think that we're going to change that. Okay. The world works, you know, the capitalist world works and it's driven by money. Okay. So regardless of what you're, where you're, where you think the world should be, when you're running a business, you're trying to build a high rise in the city, in the middle of Manhattan, you need some help at the, and your, and your Senator and your mayor and your whatever are, are Democrat. And they ask you for a donation. It's probably less, less of a hassle and less expensive and a better idea instead of spending a half an hour with them, letting them have a meeting in your office so they can tell you what they're going to do. Just send them a donation. Of course that becomes public. And uh, your uh, and your uh, opponents use that against you when you start running for president. I don't really care. And you know what? I don't care about some of the things he said. He said over the years about certain certain things. He's in a different place in his life. I'm in a different place in my life too. You know, when I was in college, I was I was probably a, I was probably a Democrat too. I know I registered Democrat when I turned 18 because my parents were Democrats. I remember uh, I remember uh, um, my dad saying saying uh. Oh, that, that prop 13 thing is going to save us, save us some money, going to save us some money. And, uh, and I'm, and they told me, told me in, in school, tell your parents not to vote for proposition 13. Cause the, that's going to keep all the tax money. And then we're not going to be able to have the football team and the basketball team and all this stuff. You know what? I grew up, I grew up, but then I also realized that I grew up and I started making some money and I start paying my bills, something my dad never, never found a way to do. Um, and, and I started to be responsible and I say, Hey, you know what? These Democrat ways don't make much sense. The Republican ways do. Cause that's how the world works. So we evolved. So I don't really care about, care about, some, do we know he's a liberal? No, we don't, not necessarily, but you can pull clips out of somebody's history and find that. And the, and the worst thing I think Cruz did on top of it, he put, he put a Carly Fiorina who probably could have a great shot at being a presidential candidate in four, eight, or sixteen, or twelve years, you know, still because I think she's brilliant. I think she would be the Iron Lady. I think she'd be. I just think she's awesome. Um, he gave her a stage to do this. I know two girls that I just adore. I'm so happy I can see them more. Cause we travel on the bus all day. We get to play. We get to play. Stop. Stop, please. This is this is just too much to bear. I'm embarrassed for her. And uh, you know, she's singing to Ted Cruz's kids, his his daughters that are on the bus because they're spending that she's been campaigning with them on the bus. It makes me want to throw up. So uh and that clip is gonna be out there forever. So if she ever wants to do anything professional or political in her life, someone's going to pull that out. Okay. So meanwhile, meanwhile, there's rumors as we, as I'm running out of time. Meanwhile, there's rumors that Trump has uh, chosen his running mate, Marco Rubio. Um, 
I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, months after the two of them hurled insults at each other in debates, Rubio is now softening his tone, which we all knew he would, on Trump and uh, vice versa. Here's uh, Rubio's comments. Let's not divide the party. You have someone here who has all these votes, uh, very close to get 1237. Let's not ignore the will of the people or they're going to be angry. If indeed it is Donald Trump, will you support him? Yeah, I've always said I'm going to support the Republican nominee, and that's especially true now that it's apparent that Hillary Clinton is going to be the the Democratic candidate. Well, let's hope the let's hope that uh, this thing finishes up and it's not a contested uh, convention. Trump's our nominee, and we just get every and we bring everybody together and uh, get move forward and make sure Hillary doesn't get the election. Hey, anyway, I'm all, all out of time for part for part one of the main event. Part two, and we're going to talk about, uh, I got Joey Jones on the on the radio with me, and we'll be talking about the uh, push-ups for charity coming up May 21st. Don't go away. Be back after five minutes of commercials and weather and traffic. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman. You're listening to part two of the main event. Okay, as I've as I've mentioned on the on the radio several times, uh, coming up May 21st, we're going to be doing our boot our uh, push-ups for charity to benefit the boot campaign. And you know what? I hear all these people donating on online for all these organizations, and I want to encourage my listeners. Impress me that you're that you care about our veterans and go to edhoffman.net. There's a link that says push-ups for charity on it. It's got a picture of me and Joey Jones on there standing in front of my Corvette. It'll take you right to the uh, the donation page for uh, for push-ups for charity for our event on May 21st. If you can't show up and actually do push-ups and help us raise money, at least go on there and donate 25 bucks or donate 125 bucks or donate 50 bucks, whatever you can. Uh, show me that you guys are listening and that you care about wounded veterans. Uh, the boot campaign. Well, I'm going to, we'll talk about the boot campaign. So, uh, and on, on the air with me today, I have uh, chief operations officer of, of uh, the boot campaign and also uh, a double amputee. If you go to edhoffman.net, there, there's three videos on there that, that uh, Nightline did a story on uh, Joey Jones. Joey, welcome back to the show, my friend. Hey brother, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. It's great. You know, you're gonna we're gonna we got three weeks three weeks till uh, the the opener of Push Ups for Charity at the beautiful offices of Wholesale Capital in Moreno Valley, California. You got your flight already? Absolutely, I can't wait. Um, you got, you got everything booked for travel, and I am ready to be in California celebrating our military and Push Ups for Charity. Very good. We're gonna have a whole bunch of whole bunch of people, a uh, whole bunch of people pushing up, pushing up. We got a uh, we got high school kids coming out. We got uh, firemen and uh, and police people. We're gonna have uh, the fire department going against the police officers. We'll call it guns and hoses, and uh, we're gonna have some uh, awards out there. We're also gonna have uh, we're gonna have a, a, a barbecue thing going and a hot dog truck and uh, various food stuff and a bouncy thing for the kids and and uh, booths and all kinds of stuff. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun day and i'm also going to broadcast my show live live from uh from the location right before we start uh, start the event from 9 30 to 10 30 and uh and i'm sure you'll be on the air with me uh but for the next two but for the next two weeks you're going to be hearing scott mcafee on this show so i want to make sure that we cover this because uh, don and i are going on a vacation and we're going to be uh, at some business and mostly vacation for a couple of weeks um we're going to be on the east coast and the caribbean so uh so joey let's talk about let's talk about this this event so we're raising money for the boot campaign and uh, i know we talked about this uh uh, two or three weeks ago, but uh, give a give a brief. What how does what what's the how does the boot campaign differ from Wounded Warrior or any of the other any of the other many many different uh, uh, veterans organizations? 
Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like, uh, first off, your event out there, you sounds like you need to rename it Carnival for a Cause. It sounds like you got a little bit of everything going on. It sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds like something the for the whole family. The, so I do hope you're. Yeah, the push-ups <laughs> will be that will be the center. The will be the uh, the main attraction. But we want to say, bring your whole family and keep yeah, every keep absolutely. keep the kids' interest. Kids, you know, they do their push-ups and then they then they want then they run out of run out of uh, you know their attention span. So we want to keep them keep them uh yeah. keep them happy. Well, for any um, for any listener who's who's undecided or doesn't quite understand, I will tell you this: go up, give it a shot. It's really hard to explain how much fun it is and everything you get out of it. And uh, so a boot campaign, that's exactly how we feel about Push Ups for Charity. Um, we are very passionate about it. It's something we're honored to get to do every year. And when we find people like you that are so passionate about it, that experience it and want to pick up that torch and carry it on, that's vitally important for us as an organization to carry out the programs that we do every year. So you ask, you know, what what is it about boot campaign that may make us different or or better, and, and the answer is quite simple. Um, we started as an awareness program. So our job from the original, uh, from the onset and the inception, was to get out and inform people and light a fire in them to not only be patriotic, but to connect all these wonderful things they enjoy back to the men and women who serve to protect it voluntarily, mind you. And um, so that's always been the, the heart of our mission. Uh, but, you know, when you do something well, which we've been able to raise awareness well, other things follow. So we've been able to raise money uh, along with raise awareness. Push Ups for Charity is just one of the ways we do that. And the money we raise go into very specific assistance and patriotic programs. Um, and those programs really, to understand how they came to be, I was injured in 2010, lost my legs, was in Walter Reed and Bethesda for over a year. After that, I worked at the House Veterans Affairs Committee. So I worked on Capitol Hill there sitting across the table from the veterans' nonprofits, learning both what the VA and DOD did for these guys and gals, and also what these leading nonprofits did. And through my own experience and being there at that time and looking at some of the other constituents that would ride in, I realized there were some pretty obvious gaps that needed to be filled to help these guys and gals proceed to a successful career or just life after they leave the service. You know, a lot of the challenges that these men and women suffer or are faced with aren't kind of obvious. It's not, hey, I lost a leg so I can't physically work. It's deeper than that, or maybe more nuanced than that. So the programs we have, the assistance programs we have, have to meet two criteria. Either we're the only ones doing it, or we can do it better than anyone else attempting to do it. And that's how we feel about our programs. So case in point, there are dozens and dozens of charities out there who are attempting to give veterans homes, which is a wonderful thing. And in most cases, it's a great thing. But there are a lot of problems that are very nuanced and specific to the situation that cause that to not be the best option for a severely wounded veteran. Not to mention most of those organizations out there are only giving homes to veterans that are severely wounded. So what does that do for a 15-year veteran who he and his wife moved to Delaware, Delaware, had to buy a house because it's going to be a long-term duty station, and two months into home ownership without any lemon law to protect them, the septic system is completely ruined. Well, that's a $20,000 fix. You can't do that on an E6 budget. So we were able to step in and fill that void. He wasn't severely wounded, but he served for a long time, and he did it voluntarily and honorably. And why shouldn't he be the one that got a little help with that? So that's some of the things we do. We have about a twenty-five up to a $25,000 grant that we can give towards a severely wounded veteran who's adapting his home 
or just, you know, an active duty service member who comes upon a hard time, or another veteran that maybe needs to move across the country to take a job, and they need some type of way to kickstart that process. So that's one area. We also focus on career and education specifically, certifications and and, uh, trade skills that maybe the GI Bill don't cover, uh, doesn't cover. We focus on family support in all types of ways. We also focus on children and, and um, the um, the children specifically of veterans, uh, not only the ones who are killed in action or wounded in action, but just children in general who are serving as they grow up um, and moving every four years and falling behind in school and those things. Um, so those are the ways that we support the veteran community with assistance. Another big one for us this year specifically, and a lot of the push-ups for charity money will go to, it's post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injury diagnosis and treatment. And uh, we found multiple centers around the country who maybe tackle it different ways, and there's a different uh, kind of, for each person suffering, there may be a different technique that works better. And what we do is we don't pay for the treatment, but we pay for all the ex- all, um, extraneous costs associated with a veteran getting treatment. So if he lives in Boston, he does a 9-to-5 job, he can take two weeks off work, but he won't be getting paid for those two weeks to go receive this treatment, then we'll help supplement that income. So there's no financial burden whatsoever for him receiving help. And if the VA is not going to pay for that because they would say, come get our treatment, which just may not be working for him, and maybe something different will. And so that's how we've chosen to support this community, and those are the programs we need to fund, and we need people to participate and donate in order to fund them. So you guys are – you guys are. Uh... And and talk talk about your your overhead. How how big is how big is the organization of boot campaign? Absolutely. And when you talk overhead and percentages, it's important to understand that you got to keep the lights on. You have to hire people that are talented. So you have to be competitive. And also, if you're going to create a quality product, you can't do that for free. So for us, we go with the common gold standard of twenty percent. If we go more than twenty percent on overhead, we're doing something wrong. And even with that rule, we've been well under it. So the way we can break our financials down, and this is to include not putting all of our payroll over on the mission like some organizations do. These are real numbers. We spend 4% of every dollar on fundraising to bring in new dollars. We spend 13% of every dollar on um, operations as in a whole. That includes most salaries, travel, things like that, which means 83 to 85 cents of every dollar goes right back out the door through one of these programs or an awareness effort to educate the American public on what these men and women are going through. That's uh that to me to me as a guy who runs a runs a business with a hundred and seventy five employees, that's uh an incredibly low number that you can operate operate on. And you know, from the from the standpoint of those of us that give, say, hey, you know what, I give to the American Cancer Society or I give the Wounded Warrior Project, I give to the boot campaign. I wanna know I wanna know that my uh that my uh, that my money is going towards the cause of of uh, the cause that I'm donating to, and not to just pay a bunch of salaries. Like I mean, you, you when you you hear about uh, an organization throwing throwing a million dollar multi million dollar party for their executives, say hey, that's money that could have gone to the cause. Or when you hear about a uh, uh, you know that all those people that donated to the 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 uh, the Bill and Hillary Clinton Foundation that they're spending on chartered jets and all that stuff. They're living the life on it, and where uh, the boot campaign is, you guys are operating on a on a on a shoestring budget uh, per se, um, as far as uh, in a percentage to what you what you what you uh, what you uh, raised. 
And and I know for when I got started getting uh, charitable, I went to a uh, I went to a uh, a, a realtor sponsored golf tournament to to uh, benefit the uh, the local uh, food pantry. And uh, we were there all day at a whole country club full of realtors. And I had probably had 12 or 16 people between being on the golf course and at a golf hole sponsored. We, we donated a, 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 a um, gas barbecue and a Blu-ray player or a DVD player at the time. We, and, and at the end of the day, they only had $2,000 from the whole organization to donate to this food pantry. And I said, I would have rather just written a check for $2,000 to the food pantry and had all my people working. And so now that, now that, and so I said, and that's when we started doing, we started, we did some, some charitable, uh, charitable events and we, uh, for, uh, we did a golf tournament. The overhead is gigantic on a golf tournament. And when we did, when I met you a year ago and we decided to do pushups for charity, we put the whole event on for probably four thousand bucks or less and i just paid it paid it uh out of my company wholesale capital and all the money that we raised seventy five thousand four hundred and twenty two dollars all went to the boot campaign and uh and i know that when we talked to you you got you talked about how what you know 83 cents on the dollar is is going back that's what i that's where i want to that's where i want to put my money where it where it does some good makes a difference in people's lives well, absolutely, and that's and that's quite a compliment, and I appreciate that. For us, it's just important that we never lose sight of our priorities. We don't sit and, and try to count beans every time we do something. If we put our priorities out there and make those the goals, the beans fall into place. And what we say is, you know, every day there are three interests that pull at a staff member at Boot Campaign. There's their personal interest, you know, upward mobility, what they make, and opportunities. There's the interest of Boot Campaign as an entity, and then there's the mission at hand. And what our staff believes when they come on board and we remind ourselves continually is the only one of those three interests that always has to be first is our mission at hand. We can do things sometimes that further our mission, but maybe doesn't do much for a boot campaign as a whole. Maybe it doesn't raise a lot of money or put our name out there, but it does good work. Or maybe sometimes elevating boot campaign doesn't always elevate the mission. And those are the times we have to say no. But as long as we keep our priorities straight, which we've done a great, a tremendous job at, um, things fall into place. We're doing well with our financials, continuing to grow, and most importantly, we're expanding the amount of assistance and awareness and just overall service we can provide to the military and veteran community. Okay, so so give us and give everybody an example of of uh, something that you've done for a veteran in, in the last last year. You told us about about one that you helped somebody that had to you guys need to give him some help so he could finish school or he was going to take a job back in Afghanistan and you guys you guys gave him the hand up so he could finish school and kept him out of harm's way and uh now he's doing great get you you started to tell me about about a, something that you guys did this year yeah absolutely so you know just uh, to be more general we've been able to help a tremendous amount of veterans and active duty this year um you know with our partnerships for traumatic brain injury we sent our first two scholarships through not too long ago and we're starting to get testimonials back from these guys un- unsolicited. And it's really, you know, starts with, thanks for changing my life. And that's something that, you know, you can't quantify that. If you do that once, then it justifies every dollar in your entire existence, in my opinion. But we're able to do that multiple times right now. Um, you know, and so in that way, we have all these programs we're administering. Some focus on the veteran his or herself. Some focus on the family unit. We're able to take 10 couples to Jamaica last year for the first honeymoon they've ever gone on. Three, six of those couples were 10 years or more into their marriage. And 
many of them wrote us back and said, you know what, you saved our marriage. And so those are the fun things. But then, you know, every now and then there's a story that kind of really not just touches your heart, but makes you realize the uniqueness in what you do really changes lives. And so um, we have a, a couple that we met through other efforts, an MMA event we did and through one of our what we call hero ambassadors and what that is are veterans to sign up to represent us and come to our event and really be a champion of our cause. And so we met through one of our phenomenal hero ambassadors, this couple. Between the two of them, there was almost 30 years of service, 23 years from him, eight years from her, both in the Marine Corps, both both there in a time of war. Um, they've been married for quite a while. They have six kids, total four still, still in the house. They finally got to a place where both could retire, separate from the military, and start their civilian life. They found their dream home, bought the home. The day they were moving in, their three-year-old child drowned in a pool in the backyard. And it's hard enough to suffer the loss of a child, but to do it in that situation, I mean, you're, you're, you can't get rid of the house. You can't just move away. You can't financially afford to do anything but stay there. But, you know, every time you look out that back door, it's a constant reminder of, of a tragedy that no parent should ever suffer. Um, earlier uh, in 2015, we worked with My Card Lemonade to do multiple trips with wounded warriors to have fun and show them a new city. And this year they came and they said, you know, we want to do something a little bit more intimate, a little bit more family-pointed, and, and a little bit more, um, you know, the, the home. And so what we came up with was the idea of these backyard refresh. So what we're able to do with, with our partners, just like WCC and and uh, and your company, basically what we're able to do with Mike's Hard Lemonade and, and another partner of equal caliber, we're going to go in and six families across the country, through a nomination process, we're selected to include this family. And we're going to completely dig up, tear up, pull out, and put in a new backyard. And the purpose of the backyard isn't just to look nice or to be the, you know, the, the big guy in, in the neighborhood. The functionality of the backyard is what we're going for, why they want to redo their backyard and what they want it to do and what they want to do there. So this family, we're going to be able to remove all those bad memories of what happened there. We're going to, it's going to have a, a new face of the pool. It's going to be fenced in with a child-safe fence. There's going to be a family recreational area. They've got twins under the age of 10, and they're going to be able to get back there and enjoy that backyard. It's going to be a refuge instead of a reminder of something negative. And, uh, you know, that's not as maybe the same gravity as what we did with Mark last year, but in the same respect, it's going to change their lives all their lives, forever. And um, and it's going to allow them to stay in that home with a smile on their face rather than with regret. And um, I think that that's huge. And so we're really excited about that. We're, we just announced it last week, and we're getting ready to start digging the ground. That's awesome. That's awesome. I was wondering, I was wondering as you're telling the story how what you guys were going to do. Were you, going to, were you guys going to dig up the pool and redo the backyard without the pool? Or, you know, how, how you're going to do, but... You know, and I'm obviously if it's uh, what state are they in? They're here in Texas. They're um, just outside of Houston, uh, which if you know anything about that area, you need to be able to cool off from time to time. It gets very hot and muggy. And, uh, and you know, the, the option was there with the pool, whatever they wanted to do. And I think at this point they've landed on the fact that that pool is just an inanimate object. It isn't something, you know, they don't want the rest of their children to be afraid of water, so they felt like it was important to keep the pool but to make it safe and make it a place where, where, the, where the rest of their children learned how to be um, responsible even when mom and dad isn't looking and how to, uh, you know, water safety, recreational safety. And so the whole backyard is going to have an, uh, a um, focus on safety and having fun. So all the play areas will be 
uh, incredibly safe. And uh, we're not fully done designing, but we're bringing in um, designers to help make sure that everything there is as safe as possible, but also a great place to have fun. That's awesome. That's the kind of stuff that that uh, people that makes their uh, makes their eyes drip when they see the 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 happiness of what their money did to uh, to uh, make a difference in a in a family with family with kids like that. So uh, absolutely, we're we're really excited and just humbled that we're able to be a small part. And, and them, you know, getting past the strategy, but also, you know, making something good out of it. So let's let's uh, let's talk about this event coming up. Um, you're going to be there. You're going to do push-ups. Absolutely. You doing uh, them? You doing them with your? your now I've been watching your videos on your website. You doing them? And yesterday you told me you have to do 200 push-ups. So 200 push-ups in 90 seconds is a lot of push-ups. Are you doing them? You're doing them with with your legs or without your legs? So what I'm doing, um, the way push-ups for charity work, and this is great for your audience, there's three ways to participate. You can go on to pushupsforcharity.com, register as a team leader like you did, Ed, mm-hmm. or you host people to come out and do them with you at your event or home or wherever. Or you can sign up as a participant, which means you look at our map, you click your state, and then you find the closest push-ups for charity event in your state. You just come out that day. Or if you don't feel like it's close enough or your schedule's too hectic, you can sign up as an individual, and you can do your push-ups at home. You can do it in sync with an event, maybe across the country from where you are. So you do it at the same time, and you post a video. You work with the host to do Periscope, which is a great application to be uh, for a live feed. Or maybe you just post a video on Facebook to let them know you supported what they were doing that day. So as a, as a uh, de facto leader at Boot Campaign, I know I can't be at every single push-ups for charity event around the country, but I promise you if I could, I would be there because it's that much fun. So what I've decided to do is I've made a promise to everyone that follows me on social media. Every day and every time we have a push-ups for charity event starting or ending around the country, I'm going to get down and do 90 seconds of push-ups with that event at some point that day. And I'm challenging the people that like to see my funny posts and cool pictures to donate a little money for those push-ups. And so my goal is a dollar per push-up. Uh, to go along with all the other amazing fundraising and push-ups for charity stuff. So my 200 push-ups, that's for that. When I get to your event, that's a whole other count. And uh, so we'll see how many I can do in 90 seconds that day. I, never, I, th- I think our top last year was 107. And I think it was uh, uh, your guy, Mike, that came in from San Diego as a as a hero ambassador. Um, I, I, I stopped at 90. I didn't want to make anybody look. I want to show anybody up. Plus, I couldn't move my arms after that. But you know, for those of you that are thinking about coming out, if you can do three push-ups or you can do 103, uh, come on out. It's it's fun. It's not a contest, although we will have some. There will be some friendly competition. Uh, you know, the clock goes at 90 seconds. If you push for 30 seconds and then you need to rest 10 seconds, and then push for another 30 seconds and rest for another 10 seconds at 90 seconds. We'll count them. You you don't have to do them com- uh, continuously because. Uh, I started the first time and said 90 seconds. That's a long time. That's a long time to keep mm-hmm. to keep doing push-ups. So, uh, so I personally found I could go about I could do about 45 or 50 push-ups and then rest for 10 or 15 seconds and then knock out the other 40. Um, this time I'm going to try and hit 100. I don't know if I can or not because uh, I'm heavier than you and uh, but my arms are probably uh, <clears throat> support it. So, but we're gonna we're gonna do it. But it's gonna it's gonna be a blast. So so let me let me tell everybody. We've got a couple minutes left, and uh, so uh, so push ups for charity. If you want if you want to participate, 
Call my assistant, Michelle, at 951-488-3111. She will make sure that you, she answers all your questions, gets you sponsor sheets, because remember, the idea is to, to, to raise money. So you want to, so if you're, whether you're a youngster or you're an old person, get some people to sponsor you. And we'll have people sponsoring people at the at the event as well. But get some people to sponsor you. Hey, I'll give a dollar dollar a, a, a push up. Last year, in addition to what Don and I did, right before we started, I said I'll sponsor every single push up that's done today for a dollar. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, some of the uh, unfortunately or fortunately, uh, some of the uh, counters were being kind of liberal to make people feel good. So we end up doing about a sixty-eight hundred and seventy-four uh, dollar donation at the end because we did a lot of push ups that day, and uh, or at least that they counted a lot of push-ups that day so the uh but but raise some money get some donations if you just want to donate and you can't and you don't want to do push-ups uh, come out anyway and you can make your donation or go to go to edhoffman.net there's a picture of me and joey there in front of my corvette and it's talking about the push-ups for charity click right on there and it takes you over to the push-ups for charity site and it goes right to our event so you make sure that as you're donating to this great organization it's crediting for the wholesale capital event and uh we'll, we'll show uh the boot campaign and everybody across the country that's doing this how you how you make this uh, make these things actually make money for uh, for a great cause, Joey? We got about thirty seconds left. Anything else you want to say? Absolutely. Listen, you can go to bootcampaign.org, pushusforcharity.com. We want you to come out and be a part of this event with Ed. If for some reason you're listening somewhere where it's too far away, then register to participate as an individual, and you can still do it virtually with these guys. I can't wait to come out there. May twenty first is the first day of Push Us for Charity across the country. But, Ed, you and your team, your community, knocked the ball out of the park last year. You set the bar high for everyone around the country. So I'm honored to come out and be a part of this event, to see it firsthand, and, um, and know that I'll be sharing a very important day for me with a lot of patriots. So, Boot Campaign, myself, Joey Jones, we're very honored for this partnership and cannot wait for May 21st. Fantastic. Thanks, uh, Joey. We're out of time. Hey, everybody. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for listening to the main event, main event, and we'll be back again with you next week. Hey!